0: morning, church. Happy Sabbath. It is always a pleasure to have an opportunity to come and, and share with you. Am I good? Am I amplified? Yeah? All right. Awesome. Um, today, we are going to be talking about integrating service in life. And, and let me tell you a little bit of what brought this sermon about. Um, pastors... You know, throughout Florida, we got about 300 churches or something like that, and we have about 200 pastors that get together, uh, and we meet about once a month um, by regions. You know, the the north area meets in Gainesville and Jacksonville. Of course, Tallahassee is next to nowhere, so it's still a five-hour round trip for me no matter where it is, but um, at least, and so, but we do get together, and when we get together and we meet... um, uh, we talk about various things. We, we're reading a book together. We talk about different topics, situations. Sometimes we share testimonies. Sometimes we'll say, like when I was going through the, through the adoption process, you know, for, for, for my, my, my daughter, uh, you know, keep me in prayer and keep the process in prayer. Well, a couple of years ago, I remember a pastor who um, shared a... Situation with one of his members, and he was just surprised and really shocked. He, he says he got a phone call that one of his main leaders of the church was about to get a divorce. He says, Pastor, you need to go see them because uh, they're, they're going to get a divorce, and, and, and you know, their marriage is just going to dissolve. And, and so he went out there, and it turns out that he was being and had been for many years extremely abusive with his wife. Not only Physical once in a while, but all of the time verbally abusive, which many will tell you who've been there is worse. You know, you hit me once, the bruise will, will heal, but, but when you put me down, when you berate me, when you're constantly beating me up, I mean, I just, I can't take that. And so he was really shocked because that's the same person that stands up here and let us all sing, and you know that, and he, he just, you look at him and you say,ing that is a holy man. He dresses the part, he sounds the part, he looks the part, and yet at home, it was chaos. And so he's saying, I never expected this. I mean, I I knew I was going to get a call from like his house, but his house? No. And and so he was really, really shocked. And you see, here's what happened with this individual. He thought that what he did at church, you know, part-time service, the work that you do here, he thought that that was in, in addition to or separate from his life the rest of the time. He thought that here's how it is when I walk with God. Here's how it is at church. This is who Joey is when you see me at church. But when you see me out of the church, whoo, may God have mercy on your soul. Because suddenly I'm a totally different individual. But that is not the walk of a child of God. You have to understand that the best testimony that you give to the world about who Christ Jesus is is about who you are all of the time everywhere and anywhere. If I were to interview your neighbors and say, hey, I'm visiting, you know, so-and-so, I'm their pastor, they're my parishioner, would they be surprised to hear that you're actually even a Christian? Would they be shocked to know that you have a pastor and a minister? I would have said, oh yeah, you know, they share Christ with me all of the time. They help me when I'm in need, and we don't fight over whose side the trash can goes over or whatever the case may be. I mean, they, and what would your neighbor say? What would your co-workers say? Would they say that your life is here's church in a little circle here, and here's the rest of your life completely separate? Or do they say that here's your entire life, and the church is part of it, but who who you are is who you are all around what is it that they will say and so i want you to think about that as we look at this concept of integrating service and life let us go ahead and pray father god we come before you and lord there's nothing here that i can bring i can only cling to the blood of the cross of calvary and i'm asking father god that it be you speaking and not i I ask that you anoint my lips, and I ask, Lord, as we look at this concept of complete life, life that, that completely lines up with you, not that church is something that we do, but it's just who we are. We are your children, and whether we're serving in the church or out in the community, we are representatives of you, Christ Jesus. Please be with us as we explore this topic, and we ask that you pour out your spirit here in this place. It is my prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let everyone here say Amen. When we look at integrating service in life, I want to tell you a couple of things. I want to do a two-parter. I'm going to tell you the one that needs to happen first. Then I'm going to tell you the one that needs to happen second. Or they could happen in conjunction with one another, but you need to be doing this one first. Here's the thing. Many of us sometimes, we look at life in our Christian walk as though it is something that is just an added-on thing. An extra thing, something that we do. Like I go to the gym three times a week. That's just something that happens there. Now, it defeats the whole purpose. If you go, you know, and spend two hours on a treadmill to burn 500 calories, and then you go load up on cheeseburgers and sodas, and ate five times as much as what you burn earlier in the treadmill. If you're going to have a healthy lifestyle, you want to make sure that what you're burning in the gym, you know, doesn't match this up over here. My wife and I, we, we, we do we do walk a couple of miles, you know, uh, Uh, Daily, and we try to do these things. And when we look at the watch that that gives us how much we burn, baby, that was only 230 calories in those two miles. And then we look at a can of sodas, 260. Do I walk another two miles or do I just choose water instead? You know, that's the idea. We do that when it comes to health. We make healthier choices. We cut back on sodium. We we cut back on fried foods. We try not to eat off both financially as well as health-wise. But yet when it comes to our Christian life, We do a five-minute devotional in the morning, and then the rest of the day, you know, we just say, in Jesus' name, amen. We leave, and somebody, you know, uh, uh, cut us off in the middle of the street. Somebody tries to get ahead of us. Somebody's going extra slow on the left lane for no particular reason. It seems to be a Florida syndrome. And, And you're saying, why? This is a passing lane. You're right on the right lane, and that's only to pass. If you're not passing, then stay out. You know, but, but, and suddenly we forget all about that Jesus that we prayed to and talked to in that particular morning. Some of us just don't have the time. Some of you have busy lifestyles, and, and I can understand that. You know, one of my jobs at the YMCA, our facility was open from 6 in the morning to 10 o'clock at night. As the director there, sometimes I was there from 6 in the morning to 10 o'clock at night. And then at night, I try to go home and read and, uh, you know, fall asleep halfway through the second sentence of the first verse. And so so it's hard. But I'm not looking for you to think and say, well, I have to do extra stuff. The first thing of integrating service in life, integrate the walk with Christ, your relationship with him in your daily life. Nowadays, there is no excuse. First of all, there's apps that will read the Bible for you. You know, there, there, there are books and things that are audiobooks. There are devotionals. There are radio stations. Here in Tallahassee, we got like five or six Christian stations. And we have our own here in the church, the 107.9. That's a shameless plug right there. But if you're within a five-mile radius, check it out. You know, and, and, and so, so you, there's no reason why even while commuting to work. You know, you can't be singing praise you, Jesus, somebody calls you up and then say something else with Jesus in it. No, no. You just, you just, you're jamming to it. Why not include that? You know, when I ride my bicycle, sometimes I I throw a little earpiece and I have the Bible being read to me. When I do the motorcycle, I have that cool little headset and I could just either jam to Christian music or have the word of God there. You can find ways to commute, to exercise and still get the word of God. So I'm not saying, do you have to do more? I'm saying with what you are already doing, how can you integrate and incorporate Christ into your life? And so I want to encourage you to find a way to continue to make God part of your daily life, not just five minutes in the morning, if that, or five minutes a night. If you're not giving him anything, start with five minutes in the morning. And then work your way up to really making him part of your life. Because I have to tell you, We are to go out there and take care of the people in the world, which is the other part that we're going to look at in just a moment. But we cannot give that which we do not have. And even when we try to give it, if we don't fully grasp it and understand it, it makes it very difficult to love unlovable people, to be kind to those who are kind less. And so the idea is that you bring God into your life. And it shows when you go out there. we have been called for a particular reason i 'll take you to the very first verse for today, which is isaiah uh, and i don 't know if the mouse is over that um, Isaiah one eighteen Isaiah one eighteen you may have um, read this on there uh, before you may be familiar with the text. it says, "Come." Now, and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Has anybody not heard this text before? Okay, so, so everybody seems to have, nobody else raised their hand. All right, so I'm assuming that you've heard this text. But have you noticed the two texts prior to that, leading up to it, which is um, Isaiah 1.16, and it says the following, wash yourselves, I Isaiah 116, and hey, in the sound, uh, there you go, all right. Is my clicker working or not, or not? Jonathan, my clicker, is it working? Can you put the mouse over it? All right, let me see here. Okay, so I'm just going to need to stay up with me, okay? I'll put this away because it's not working. All right, so Isaiah 16. Sorry about that. I just want to make sure we were all in the same place. Isaiah 1:16 it says wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. That's verse 17, Jonathan. And then verse 18 says Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now, I have in my version, we don't have it up on the screen, but I have the New Living Translation. Because I want you to hear this translation. It's a little bit better at times. And look what it says. Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight give up your evil ways, learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of orphans, fight for the right of widows. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as wool. The Lord is calling us. To eliminate these things for our lives, but it's not us by ourselves. But coming to Him and saying, "Please, Lord, help me. I want to take care of the oppressed. I want to take care of those in need. I want to get rid of all this filth in my life." So yes, I'll join you. Let us reason together. Let's settle this, and please get this hot mess out of my life. Turn this hot mess into something amazing for you, Father God. We are called to do something wonderful. Ephesians two ten. Ephesians two ten says the following. Um, It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The Lord has made you for what? For good works. Could you imagine if you were to function outside of what you were created for? This is why we're in the trouble that we're in right now. Because we seem to work outside of that. Acts 20, 24. Acts twenty twenty four. It says, But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus. What is that ministry? To testify to the gospel of the grace of God. You have been given a ministry. There's a world out there of people that need grace, that don't recognize that they're in dire need of a savior. They are lost and don't even know it. If there's anything worse than being lost, is being lost and not knowing about it. I don't know if you ever go hiking or anything like that. And say, oh yeah, we're going to go this way. I know where we are. We're going to suddenly turn around like, what in the world? I mean, that is bad. To be lost and not know it is even worse. And there's many people out there that are in need of a Savior. They're in need of a Savior. And who will go before us, says the Lord. Lord, here I am, send me. John 17, 18. We looked at this chapter uh, last time I was here, two weeks ago. John 17 18, says, 17, 18, it says, As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. You have been sent. You were made for good works. What was your task? To testify to the grace of Jesus and share the grace with others. Mark 16, 15. Mark 16, 15. Mark 16, 15. It says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Do you know what the gospel is? Uh, in, in, in Spanish, I, I like that because they say buenas nuevas. It's is the good news? It's pretty much that message of Christ Jesus. The fact that we were lost but now we're found. The fact that we were condemned but now we are saved through Christ Jesus. The fact that we are redeemed by Him. Those are the good news. Matthew twenty five forty. Matthew twenty five forty. We've looked at this last time I was here, also, so I'm just showing you the verse. Remember, this is the text of I was hungry and I was thirsty and I was sick, I was in prison and all those different things, and you didn't do it to me or you did do it to me? Look what it says. And the king will answer them and say, Surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Let me ask you a question, and I want you to understand this. I have my children. Let's pretend that my house is on fire and you're my neighbors. And I come out of the house and I only got two hands, one and one. And I'm saying, hey, please, my wife and my other kid is in there. Help me. How do you think I feel when I sent you to go and bring to safety the children? I will be grateful to you. What are you saying there? "Uh Uh-uh. I don't want to. Well, I'm going to go in there and get them out myself. But when we come back, we're going to have a problem. You know, I mean, how grateful will you be? And so here you have Christ Jesus who gave his life for you, who literally died for you and me. And he's saying, look, I am sending you on my behalf. He wants you to share this with others who will go before us. Inasmuch as much as you did it to one of the least of this, you did it unto me. The best way to share with others is by what we talked about in Isaiah 1, 16 and 17 earlier. Taking care of the oppressed, taking care of the widows, taking care of the orphans. I mean, right now, you know, I'm looking for volunteers to go feed a community that is in need, that is going to be with a power to the beginning of the years where they're estimating before they get it up and going. We're just trying to provide hot meals, take care of them, look for them. I mean, if you're available... I would love for you to come out and help us. And I'm not trying to do this to necessarily guilt you into it. But what I'm saying is this, that if you are free, then why not? This is the kind of work that we are entrusted to do. We're not just sitting there and saying, well, you know what? I'm hungry. I haven't eaten for days. It's okay. I'll pray for you. Prayer is an amazing thing. It is the most powerful tool that that we can give. However, prayer... It's not going to directly feed the individual. Prayer works in people's lives to feed the individuals. I pray because I needed something and someone left a bag at my door. I pray because I didn't know how and money came out of nowhere. You know, prayer works through people. The Holy Spirit works in you and through you for the benefit of all. Won't you let God work in you and through you for the benefit of all? I'll give you another task that we are to do in service. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Beginning on verse 3, 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all what? He is the God of what? He is the God of comfort. Look at the very next verse, verse 4. It says, who comforts us in all our what? tribulation that we may be able to so he gives us comfort that we may be able to what comfort those who are in any trouble any with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by god so so he gives us comfort so that we could comfort others who are in need with the same comfort that we're receiving from him And so the fact that you know who Christ is, that's the reason why you have to tell others who Christ is. The fact that you are embraced and given comfort, that's the reason why you should embrace others and give them comfort. The word here is not on the screen, but it's called paracaleo. And I love this word, and I love the definition, because here's what it does. It's it's more than just comfort as we understand it. It's to call to one side, to call for a summon, to address, to speak, call to call upon, which may be done in the way of exhortation. Entreaty, comfort, or instruction. So if somebody is mismanaging their finances, they're in trouble, they don't know what to do, maybe you can give some instruction to help in that area. That's part of that comfort that you give. To admonish, to exhort, to beg, to entreat, to besiege. If you see somebody that they're sabotaging their life, and they're just going down the wrong way, and you're saying, please, come on. So it's not just saying, well, it doesn't bother me, it doesn't affect me, it's not my finances, it's not my thing, and you look the other way. That is not what we're called to do. You see somebody in trouble, getting into trouble, your job is to give in comfort, admonish, beg, entreat, instruct, to strive to appease by entreaty, to console, to encourage, to strengthen, to receive consolation, to be comforted, to encourage by strength, exhorting and comforting and encouraging, to instruct, to teach. This is that definition from that word paracaleo that we see here over and over about this comfort thing. So it is okay to grapple to, to your neighbor. It is okay to grapple to your brother and say, please, you need to, you got to. We are called to call others out of Babylon. We are called to call others out of this world that is destined for perdition, for, for perdition and share with them who the Savior is. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11. It says, Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God will kind you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasures of his goodness and the work of faith with power. Verse 12. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. You have been called. Are you being found worthy of your calling? Is the name and the glory of God being fully manifested in your life? And so here's the thing when it comes to integrating life and service... Make God part of your daily life, not just five minutes in the morning, five minutes at nighttime. Find a way to continue to live God daily in your entire life, not apart from what you do at church, but let your whole being be the same all around. Because who you are when no one is watching is truly who you are. And then the other part of that is to go and do some form of service. Now, when you do service, the very first thing I need you to do, number one, service statement number one, is that you need to keep a broad perspective of what service is all about. I'll keep a a big picture. There's a story of an an attorney who um, went to this restaurant in New York, and he was just fascinated with the bread. And he says, you know what? I need to know, what is the secret of this bread i mean what what about it that is so amazing he says you know what it's all about choosing the right grains you know we have a farm where we work there we pick the grains and having the right grains that is a secret because you know you're tasting what the bread is made out of which is the right quality of grains so the attorney you know he looked at his finances looked at his things and he's saying i think i want to go and and be a farmer he got rid of everything, you know, trading his stocks and everything. Bought a nice plot of land, and then he bought the fanciest reaper he can get for reaping, even with an air conditioning cab, which those are very rare to find, so that he could go out there, and, and so. You know, all summer long, he kind of just waited. He hanged around. And then October came, you know, that, that's, he heard somewhere that that was harvest time. And so he went out there with the reaper and he started reaping. And after a couple of weeks, all he managed to, to get was six ears of corn. And, and, and he's frustrated now. He says, what is this all about? Farming is not all cracked up to be. And he's thinking like, what in the world? I tried all these different things, and this is all I got. But he didn't look at the larger picture. Reaping is only 5% of the work. The other 95% is done prior to that. You have to do sowing. You have to do rock removal. You have to do planting, watering, fertilizing, weeding. And here he is with the idea thinking that he can reap where he has not sown. And so when you look at ministry, when you look at ministry, it's not just a person up here preaching. There's many other things that can be done, that can be done to help. You know, if you join me when we come this week to, to do the feeding in the community, anywhere from lining on the place to make sure we keep gas on the generator, to make sure that we have the bags ready, to make sure that we're flipping the burgers on one side, adding the cheese. I mean, there's multiple parts to come and make this masterpiece together. And it's the same thing for the ministry of God. You don't need to be a singer like the missus, which makes me jealous all of the time because I can't sing. You, know? and, and you, you, don't need, you don't need to be a singer. You don't need to be a speaker. But there are many things that you could do for this church and this community. And so look at the larger picture. There are many things in which you can get involved. Number two, Number two, you have to make sure that when you serve, you're serving based on your spiritual gift making sure that that's something that you're gifted on just because you like to do something it does not mean that that is your gift it's good to take a spiritual gifts and and figure out what it is i mean i've heard some people teach and preach and i'm a pastor and i'm the one that sits up here and says if somebody opens the bible and you're not getting something out of it it's a reflection on you and i get that but there are some folks that i'm saying look you know please let it finish now father god let it be over. Let him get to the point and land that plane. You know, just just bring it home. Stop circling around. Be, because some people don't have that gift. For example, I can't sing. Now, my wife will tell you, I never stop singing. In my house, everywhere, I'm always humming. I'm always singing. And then you know, it messes her up because the note gets really high. And so I'm going to go, amazing grace. Because I can't hit up there. So I go down there and I'm all over the map. But, but, but I'm not going to do that. In the church, it is not a way to worship God and elevate God. And don't get me wrong. Some people have said to me, Joey, but this is for the glory and honor of God. Yes, I'm not going to give in junk because it is for God. Then I have some other people say, Joey, I really didn't like to worship a church today. Yes, we weren't worshiping you. We were worshiping God. And, and, and so, so when you do it, whatever you do for the glory and honor of God based on your giftedness. So number one, keep a broad picture of how you can help. Number two, make sure that you have your spiritual gift in that area. Number three, your passion. The best way to find out what your passion is, just because you can't do something, doesn't mean that you want to do it. I have shared with you guys before that I used to work part-time as a mechanic, and I still do my brakes and I do some stuff, but I don't want to work on your vehicles. Just because I can and I know how, doesn't mean that I'm passionate about that. If you want to know what you're passionate about, ask yourself this question. If I had a million dollars right now given to me, how would I use it to help others? In which manner? And that's where you will really discover what you are passionate about. So number three is your passion. Number four is your effectiveness. Number four is your effectiveness. You know, I, I, I draw a little bit and, um, in our old house, not in this one because we're renting here, but we own the house in, in St. Pete. And, and so I, we bought a house, and I drew all these pictures for the kids in their rooms. And they had little Mario Brothers and Princess Peach and Lego Batman and all these different things. And I drew all of that. But I'm a left-handed male. And so when I went to try to color them in, I kept smearing everywhere. Me coloring or painting is not effective as a left-handed male. So I drew and my wife color, and we kind of worked that out. Just because I'm skilled in one thing, I wasn't effective in the other thing. So when you serve, find out where it is that you're effective. If you go with me this week to cook, and you can't cook, please don't tell me you want to handle the grill. I mean, we can't because once we burn all that food, there's no stores for miles and miles, you know, this is not like a barbecue that I could run you know, to, to one of the stores where you can pick up something. There is nothing for miles. You burn it. We're in trouble. You know, and, and there's nothing worse than a mob of hungry people. So, so figure out how effective you are. And then lastly, your are fulfillment. Is this something that is giving you fulfillment? You know, when you serve others, you don't want to do it out of compulsion or guilt. Just because I'm standing up here, plugging in three or four times in the sermon that we need volunteers for next week. If you really don't want to do it, don't come over there. We're going to be in a hot trailer. And even though the windows are open and there's a screen, it still gets pretty hot in there because it's tight and it's metal and the burners are there. If you didn't want to go, don't be like, well, you kind of guilted me in the message, so I'm going to be there. It's going to make for a long, long day. And my wife would tell you, when I'm hot, when I'm hungry, when I'm tired, I'm cranky, and when I'm sleepy. So, 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 so don't do it because you're feeling guilty. Don't do it out of compulsion. It's something that is really fulfilling you. Where you're saying, wow, I, I genuinely have joy working with these children. Rather than go home and saying, ooh, those kids. Ugh. You know, if it's not your gift, then it is not your gift. Look at Psalm. Psalm 37, 23. It says that the steps of a good man are ordered by whom? By the Lord. And he delights in his way. If you're doing something for God, you will find joy. Some people ask me sometimes, you know, you know how do you handle being a pastor? Like the emails you get and the, what, the text messages and the things. You know what? I really do enjoy serving in this capacity. And I've worked many jobs. If you know me even a little bit, I've always held two or three jobs. And I've worked everywhere and anywhere since I was 11 years old. But yet I have never been so happy as I have been doing what I'm doing right now. There's a difference between working and finding your vocation, which is another word for calling. So when you're serving others, it's something that you're finding fulfillment. Where you delight in the ways in which the Lord has ordered you to go. Are you finding joy in the manner that you serve? So that's the other one. And I'll take you for the last text for today. We've already looked at it, which is Second Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11. It says, Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God will count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. And verse 12. And verse 12. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is my prayer. This calling is for you. Every other sermon you've heard in this series. It's been about you serving and serving and serving and serving. And just in case you missed it, it's about you serving and allowing God to work in you and through you for the benefit of all. This is not for my sake, but for your sake, so that you may be found worthy of the calling which God has set before you. Let us go ahead and pray. Father God, we come before you, Lord, and I want to ask for a special blessing over my family here in Tallahassee. I ask, Father God, that you may be widows, that we find a way to continue to integrate you into our lives, and that in our daily lives, we can be better examples of who you are. The people out there don't care for a sermon or a lecture on the do's and don'ts. They want to see how we live. The best way to share Jesus with my neighbor is not fighting or bickering with him over the trash can. It's not by mistreating him in any way or throwing his branches on his side of the lawn. It is by demonstrating that I am your child. It's not by a sermon or a message, but by living. In Christ, so that you shine on us, and when they see us, they see a little bit of you. So please, Father God, work in us and through us for the benefit of all. This is my prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.